This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. September 15th to October 15th is National Hispanic Heritage Month. First started under President Lyndon Johnson in 1968, this month celebrates Americans who came from Latin America and Spain. To honor this important time, I decided to ask one of my favorite Americans who comes from Latin America to join me on From the Front Lines. I'm speaking today with my colleague Liat Altman, the Director of Latin American Affairs for ADL. Welcome, Liat, too, from the front lines. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for, uh, I didn't know I was your favorite Latina, but thank you. <laughs> I said one of my favorites. I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> uh, but definitely high up on the list. <laughs> thank you. I want to start by asking you about your uh, your Hispanic heritage. Where were you born and, and how did you come to leave that home and move to the United States? Well, I was born in Bogota, in, Col- in Colombia, um, lived a couple of years in Toronto, but then we moved, our family moved to Venezuela. I really consider myself from Caracas, uh, from Venezuela, and I made it actually to New York uh, in uh, about 27 years ago to go to graduate school at Columbia, and that's how I made my way uh, to New York and lived in, uh, in Westchester for uh over 20 years. I, I suspect that many Americans are not aware of the Jewish communities that exist in uh, in Central America and South America. Maybe give us a quick overview of those communities and the numbers of Jews that live there. Overall, the Jewish communities in Latin America represent uh, only about 3% of world Jewry. And uh, the two largest countries where most Jews live are Argentina and Brazil, with about a quarter, uh, sorry, three quarters of the Jewish population in Latin America. Um, Other communities are smaller uh, in Mexico, in Uruguay, in um, Panama, in Chile are, you know, uh, sort of the next tier. And then there's smaller communities, including the one where I grew up in Venezuela and in Colombia. Uh, all of these communities, to tell you the truth, Scott, are very well organized, whether they're the largest and with the most uh, communal organizations or even the smallest, where sometimes they may be more vulnerable, but they're very well organized, very well protected, uh, both on the religious front and on the communal uh, front. Some have Jewish uh day schools and some do not but in general they're very cohesive and they are uh, very very strong you know this not only because it's it's your heritage where you were born and raised but today it's it's your work as adl's director of latin american affairs your job is to reach out to these communities these jewish communities of latin america helping them to fight anti-semitism and hate how big an issue is that in these countries When ADL works in general with communities outside of the U.S., uh, we look at uh, how that community is doing in terms of their safety, in terms of data collection, what are the anti-Semitic attitudes that those those countries might have. Are there a lot of anti-Semitic incidents in that country? How are local authorities responding? How is the media reacting? Is there a delegitimization of Israel? Is it strong? And I would say if using those markers... 
vis-a-vis other countries in the world, I think uh, for the most part in Latin America, these communities are safer. I would say that there are spikes and there are incidents that worry us uh, or there are trends that worry us. But if you compare it to Europe or to other places where, whether it's the anti-Semitic attitudes or the incidents are higher, I think in Latin America we could say that there, of course, there's anti-Semitism and of course there are incidents that continue to worry us. And we can go into it uh, if you'd like. But in general, it's not at the level of Europe and certainly not uh, what we're living today in the U.S. Maybe give just a few examples of the, the kinds of things that concern you today. Sure. Look, uh, the largest community is the one in Argentina. And uh, in Argentina in the 1990s, maybe your radio listeners don't know this, but there were two uh, major um, terrorist attacks uh, orchestrated by Iran with uh, the the arm or the proxy was Hezbollah. Um, one was in the Israeli embassy in 1992, and the second one was in the main Jewish community center, uh, the Amia, in 1994. These two cases have have had so many challenges, have never been solved. What we do know is that the government of Iran was the mastermind, and there have been numerous attempts to find some of the perpetrators, bring, bring them to justice. Today, the government of Iran, uh, the, the new cabinet of uh, President Raisi, has two of the people that are known to have been implicated in these attacks as part of the cabinet. So this is something that we at ADL advocate for um, to be able to bring closure to the victims and the families of the victims. Yeah, there's actually Um, an an Interpol warrant out for their arrest, right? Absolutely. They're red alerts. So uh, technically they're not, technically what the red alerts are that these uh, individuals who have these red alerts, if they are found in another country, the local authorities can search for them and bring them uh, to Argentina. Now, there's a lot of technicalities with it, and whether the countries where they've traveled want to cooperate or not, that's a different subject. But yes, there are, there are red alerts against uh, at least two of the cabinet members who are now in the Raisi government. Okay, so uh, in terms of not just that uh, issue, but the broader issue of anti-Semitism in Latin America, what what do you do? What does ADL do to try to combat this? Right, look, there, I mean, I just told you about Argentina, but on the other hand, we have um, countries where the legitimization of Israel and confusing it and conflating it with anti-Semitism are strong. And one of the examples is Chile, where the Jewish community is about... 17,000 Jews, whereas the Palestinian uh, community is about 400,000. A lot of them, I mean, most of them live peacefully side by side, but there are a few thousand who are very vocal and uh, try to create a lot of uh, parallelisms and a lot of anti-Semitic attitudes uh, against the Jewish community. So we look at that too. And uh, one of the things we've done specifically in Chile is we signed an MOU with uh, the Jewish Museum, the local Jewish Museum, which is a wonderful organization. And they are now utilizing some of our education materials, specifically the Pyramid of Hate, in order to not only engage uh, students with their own Holocaust education, but going a step beyond and trying to teach about prejudice and about biases and how in the lowest level of the pyramid, once 
uh, you know, it starts escalating, hate starts escalating, you should really tackle the lowest levels first in order to prevent um, higher levels of hatred. So those are the kinds of things we try to bring programs, but we also bring advocacy. And we unite with local communities to be able to say things that, that what they feel that our voice is needed. What about programming? Uh, does Is that a, a piece of, of ADL's work in this region? Yes, we have. So in education, as I mentioned, we have this Pyramid of Hate program that we brought to Chile. Um, and through a network of uh, Jewish museums that have established actually during the pandemic, uh, because the world became much, much flatter for us during the pandemic, uh, they're utilizing also with other museums this educational tool. We're also working on establishing other educational tools, such as uh, our, our BINA program, which is Jewish education uh, for non-Jewish audiences or anti-Semitism education. So that's another thing that we have in the pipeline. We have, we have other exciting projects uh, going forward. You're a native Spanish speaker from Latin America, but you're, you're also a member of the Jewish community here in the United States, which makes you a, a natural bridge between the millions of people of Hispanic heritage in this country and the Jewish community. I know that this comes to life through the many Spanish language resources that ADL has on its website. Can you quickly take us through some of those resources and, and where they can be found? Yes, of course, Scott. I really appreciate that you brought that to light. Uh, we have on our website, on our ADL website, a whole section on Latinx um, uh, community uh, where we post their educational material, research that we've done, translated uh, material already from ADL, from all our different um, centers in ADL. So that's a great place to start. Uh, we also have our social media, uh, whether it's through Facebook or through Twitter, the ADL en Español, where we publish all the things that interest not only Jews, uh, uh, Latin American Jews who speak Spanish, uh, whether it's in Latin America or in, um, in Spain, but also the U.S. Hispanic community. So we the same way we um, increase our exposure in the U.S., we do that as well in uh, in Spanish. We've done, we've been investing um, quite a bit of energy and resources into bringing some of the wonderful content and, uh, and the issues that ADL uh, deals with in Spanish. And the reason why we do this is also because um, Spanish is the language aside from Mandarin, that is most natively spoken all over the world. I invite you to visit our uh, site and our social media. All right, that's a good note to end on. Uh, these are certainly important resources. Uh, I will add a link to them in the show notes, and uh, we all have a role to play in sharing them with the Spanish-speaking community in this country and beyond. Uh, with that, um, I will say thank you so much, Liat, for being my guest on today's special show devoted to National Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, as well as for your really extraordinary work. Thank you very much, Scott. Uh, for the live audience, stay tuned for more From the Frontlines on WVOX 1460 AM. And for the podcast audience, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud.